Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Online, on your mobile, and on FM. From the home of time. This is Maritime Radio Greenwich. Page finds Burn, edge of the penalty area, takes a shot. Oh, against the crossbar! Charlton so close to taking the lead, and it's cleared away by Scott. It's intercepted by Lundstrom. His ball forward finds McElhaney, who can turn. Cross pursuing him, but still McElhaney has it. On the right side, toes for the shot! Off oh, the post and in! A 25, well, at least 20 yard effort along the ground from McElhaney has found the right hand post and off the post and into the left hand corner of the net. No, I think it's going to be a goal scorer for Oxford, it just had to be him, the former Charlton Loney. Oh, this in left footed. Behind everybody, and it's a header, free header as well by Edwards. And he puts it over the bar, but Charlton. Count their lucky stars that he didn't get that on target. What on earth was Patrick Power doing? Key Holmes has got Tony Watt on the right hand side. He chooses to use him. Holmes driving towards the goal. Finds Ho- Watt in the penalty area. Watt back to Holmes. Shooting Charles. Ricky Holmes. Close down by Edwards. Panay shout. Nothing given. Might come to Mavadini. It does. Mavadini goes to goal. Close down by Edwards. The ball still in place. Wasn't a penalty. Holmes just took far too long. Mavadini turns. Dunkley inside the penalty area. Mavadini still with it. Stepping Mavadini oh, off the, the post. Bauer. Solly across to his right, immediately closed down, but uh, Solly tries to go past his man, and oh, he's taken out Lundstrom, and that could be dangerous here, and he's given a red. Oh, <laughs> oh no. And Rebo will take this, and he has to be quick, as everybody forward, including Declan Rudd, is in the penalty area, swung in, it's ahead of Rebeau, oh, just cleared off the line, Holmes with a strike. Teixeira will try and get it back in, but that's the final whistle. Charlton agonisingly close to getting a last second equaliser, but it's not to be, as Bauer's effort is cleared off the line. Probably fair to say we can give up the gun on making the playoffs now after that uh, Tuesday night defeat. Good evening and welcome to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. This is the big match preview. My name is Louis Mendes. Joining me in the studio uh, here at the Happy Valley is uh, is Nathan Muller. How are you doing, Nathan? You looking well? Yeah, I'm alright mate, living the dream. Living trying the to. dream. I was worried you weren't going to say it for a second, eh? Yeah, well, yeah, I'm trying, still trying to after that anyway. Yeah, that was a, a hugely disappointing defeat <laughs> on Tuesday night uh, here at the Valley against Oxford. Of course, we're going to look back at that game uh, on tonight's show. We're going to hear exclusively from Carl Robinson. He came in to speak to Terry very briefly after the game on Tuesday. Clearly he wasn't, uh, 
wasn't really in the best of moves to hang around and talk after that. Uh, also, tonight we're going to uh, read some of your emails. We've got a fair few emails about that game. If you want to contribute, you can email us, studio at chartonlive.co.uk, or you can tweet us at chartonlive. Other than that, with the fans forum meeting that went on this week, we'll probably talk about that because uh, proposed changes to the Player of the Year didn't, I think, need mentioning, uh, along with some proposed changes to the fans forum set up as well. So we'll talk about that. Uh, uh, card statement from during the week and some comments from Roland that came out during the week. We'll, we'll mention that, and then we'll look ahead to Saturday's game. Uh, uh, relegation six pointer? <laughs> not, not quite, <laughs> but uh, a game with Barry uh, here. Yeah, here at here at the Valley on Saturday. Yeah. If we lose it, it will become a, a six pointer, mm. maybe. Uh, yeah. And uh, hearing uh, again from Carl Robinson, he had a really long press day today. We're not going to hear from all of it because uh, there's only so many times you can hear the word badge, isn't there? Um, passion. Yeah, passion. <laughs> but, uh, but we will uh, we will play you uh, a bit of that. But first things first, to start with uh, with Tuesday's games. We, we we heard the highlights. Uh, and you heard as that final whistle went, the booze reverberated around the valley. Yeah, it was awful. It was. It, <clears throat> I, I said on um, I said on Tuesday, it was probably the worst, the worst I've seen this season. Yeah, um, definitely in my top five. Yeah, I thought I thought when we drew with Oldham at home was the worst game. Of the yeah, season. but then we've had some good ones though. Yeah, we've had we had we've had some right old shockers in our, the last few years, but <laughs> that was up there. And the, <clears throat> I, it was hard to put. It was hard to put my finger on. We just looked really, um, really flat. Didn't look inventive at all. It looked like we didn't want it. The only two, I must say, who actually I felt deserved any credit, if anything, was Ricky Holmes and Mavadini. They're the only two I could think who actually put a shift in and actually deserved a bit. Mavadini was the only one who done anything. The only one who created chances. He looked, he looked more creative yeah. than most, didn't he? Got, he's a young kid on loan from Arsenal, and, and then. I know we're probably going to go on about it, playing for the shirt and that. I'm sorry, that was awful. That was infuriating. That just the uh, what? If, what? As soon as we get the ball in the final third, I've said this for weeks now. As soon as we get in the final third, we have no clue on how to penetrate a back four. We have no creativity, no inventiveness, nothing outside the box. All we do is well, we'll get out wide, slowly but surely, at snail's pace. And then we'll see what's there. No one's in the box, but we'll whip it in anyway. And it's just <laughs> like it's so. It, we are so predictable. In the last two years, our play has been so predictable. Oxford, that first half, when they didn't have the ball, they pressed us. We couldn't cope. Yeah, they. I mean, they, 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 the they, they smelled yeah. blood, especially once we went one 0 down. They they <clears throat> yeah. were on us very quickly when we were in possession. Exactly, and and when they moved the ball, we moved the ball and admire the pass. Oh, that was a good little pass out wide, four four yards away. They <laughs> they get it. They move, make triangle, go, bam, bam. And we couldn't live with them. They they were pressing us so high up the pitch. We had no no other alternative to to go long. Which I don't even think Josh won a header. And I'm his biggest fan, but he was rubbish on Tuesday. Yeah. He was awful. He looks unfit. Who are you going to replace him with? Another Lee Novak who's unfit. Where's all our strikers gone? The Josie's out alone. Then Kennedy's on loan. Who else is there? There's no. It's just a joke. It's an absolute joke. But. Yeah, I'll calm down now. Yeah, clearly, <laughs> clearly not a happy Nathan Muller on tonight's Charlton Live. It could have been all so different, though. We had that yeah. chance in, in the opening stages. Nick, uh, uh, Nathan Byrne hit that right footer that, that came crashing off the crossbar. One of those what-if questions. But mm. If that goes in, it could, have, it could have been a very different start. And, um, I mean, that, that was a bit of a speculative effort, really, when you're shooting from outside the box. Mm. We hit the crossbar. But we, if we talk about ruthlessness, and Carl certainly talked about how ruthless we are with our chances over the last few weeks... You know, he wasn't even happy after Rochdale where we scored three because he felt we missed a lot of chances, which we did. But that's, you know, that's that's something that that's, that's come to bite us because when we did have those chances, I mean, we hit we hit the woodwork a couple of times, yeah. had it cleared off the line. Um, we, we didn't make enough of them. No, again, Mavadidi done an amazing one. He's cut inside it at the post. 
But all our tactics seemed to be. I know we done it uh, when we was up at um, Rochdale. Yeah, it was amazing. All it was was like, right, when you get the ball, boys, just switch it to Mavadi and let him run. So predictable. So first half, he done it once, and he got. He, I think he created a chance from it. After that, they were just surrounded him. And then we was like, well, we don't really know what to do now. That's our tactics gone. It's like, mm. well, think. Do you know what I mean? We'll try and think out of the box a little bit. Instead of going side, we'll try and bust the gun and do something. And he was just, oh, I don't know, it was infuriating. But yeah, Mavadidi, he, he, he played really well and he was the only one. And obviously Holmes was chasing lost causes, but as he always does. But we just, we were pants. Mm. To be polite, to be uh, Conor McElhaney, nine games on loan uh, from <laughs> Everton for us last season. Didn't score a single goal. Miss, missed an absolute sitter. I remember after about 30 mm. seconds in the game we had against Fulham last mm. season. Uh, he was played through and just put, put it wide somehow. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he didn't score uh, for nine games for us. Uh, spec- well, not even a speculative effort. Yeah, he had, he had a, a, a nice sort of daisy-cutting effort from, from 35 yards out. This, uh, I don't. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say caught Declan out. It's beaten Declan. Yeah. Uh, it was. It was. It was a good effort in off the far in off the far post, and then uh, it's an uphill battle again. Yeah. No. Exactly. It was a good finish by Connor. To be fair, I, I don't think I have much uh, blame at Declan's door. No. I think that's more. Yeah. You can get let someone have a shot from that far out. It's it's obviously playing to see whose fault it is. But um, yeah. No. And then after that, it comes back down to when we concede first. It's like, are we really confident of getting scoring two goals? We mm. all know our scoring records are uh, literally under a goal a game, or probably what it is now. But to, to go one nil down, we all know that we're not going to get two goals. So it's either going to be the a, what a defeat or that you know the odd, the the rare draw that we've had this season. So um, yeah, it was just it was mm. always going to be uphill battle. But the way we were playing was so predictable. You could see what was happening. And then Souls got sent off, and then it was just like, well, <laughs> yeah. good night. I might as well get me yeah, home. Yeah. But there were no uh, earlier train sites to sit there and take it. Oh, lovely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we were lucky not to be 2 nil down. Sort of 20 minutes in, Edwards had that that unmarked mm. header from eight yards out. And we, and we talk about how, how generally we're, we're reasonably tight at the back. But, they, uh, but also, we, we know we have a massive howler in us. And that was one of them, where, where this man... this. Uh, this defender, I think, is just completely unmarked from 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 this free kick, and and we were lucky not to go two down. Yeah, again, and another cross in the box, which I'm feeling starting. To, I thought we, at the beginning of the season, I thought we started doing okay, and then all of a sudden, that our defending set pieces and crosses, are, we're becoming nervous again, which is a sort of trait that I've come to sort of expect with us now. But it's just, um, yeah, if we, if it wouldn't have surprised me if we went if we went two nil down, but we were playing a side who. Like we said, they come back against Middlesbrough, and they're a good team. They're a tidy little side. And, you know, they they nearly they got they got back to two two Middlesbrough. So they were, even though they lost the game against Borough, they were going to be on a high. And I think it seemed as though we didn't know what we were we were going to expect against them first half. Like we were a bit shocked. Mm. So I think every single one of us knew how they played, mm. but it was only just like we didn't really know how to cope. Like we we expected them to. Go, oh, we're playing Charlton away today. We better sit behind the ball. Mm. I mean, who does that? Well, they certainly look like the team with momentum. Because oh, yeah. well, I, I remember talking about Confidence, on, on Sunday sure. show, we're sort of trying to trying to see if there, you know, if there is a bit of momentum in the fact that before before that game, I think we we'd only lost one in nine, which sounds like you should you should be on a better bit of confidence. But mm. I guess the fact that we hadn't won those those four previous, a lot of draws involved in that, it, seemed, it did it does seem to affect us, and we do seem to be getting into that rut again now. Mm. Yeah, that's what I mean. And you know, the draws are. Sometimes, even though a draw is a draw, yeah, you're not losing, but it depends on the manner of them. If you can see the last minute mm. goal, yeah. it seems like a defeat. And whereas the Rochdale one, it could have seemed like a, a win in a, in, a, in a way, even though we are playing Rochdale well, no disrespect. But So sometimes, even though you are unbeaten, 
I still don't. If you've drawn, if you're unbeaten in ten and you've drawn nine of them, I wouldn't really say you've got a great, great bit of momentum there. I just think you're a bit, you're lacking that bit of edge, which I think we're, we're definitely lacking at the mm-hmm. moment. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's over now. I was trying to cling on any blooming <laughs> bit of hope I can for playoffs, but I think that's well and yeah. truly gone. Well, we're much we're closer to the relegation zone exactly, than we are to playoffs, so. and yeah. Uh, second half, <laughs> um, Tony Watt come on, made that run. I mean. He made that run down the right-hand side, which is probably the only real burst we saw from him. He played it into to Holmes. He took way too long to decide. Mm. And I think it was half-hearted appeals for a penalty as, as, as the ball was taken off him from, sort of from behind. But uh, you know, took too much indecision then. Again, not enough ruthlessness. And then it did go out wide to Mavadidi, who had that shot off the post. But in terms of real opportunities, I'd say that those two, until the last minute where we saw the header cleared off the line... I don't think we really had much more than that, did we? No, and that and that was the shocking thing. We we didn't, you know, some parts of the game, you know, the second half we had a bit more possession. But again, we've there's only so many times each week we can come on here and say, you know, we keep the ball well, and you know, we're better play, better passing side. But you've got to do something with the ball. You know, you can always go be a crab and go sideways, but it ain't gonna win your games, is it? Mm. And, and I think that that that's the thing that infuriated I me. Mean, we didn't have a go. You know, we didn't have a go as much as I thought we would. We just seemed too one-dimensional and so predictable in our play. Mm. I just find it so easy to defend against. You can see it. You can if you when you when you watch us play, you can have Crofts or JFC in the middle, and you can tell what's going to happen. He's going to go sideways. They're going to look up, get pressed, and they're going to knock it long, and it's going to go out for a throw-in. Or it's so predictable, and it's just yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that was. If you heard my phone going off there, by the way, that was Tom Wallin texting in, living the dream. Oh, was he? he Is he to, listening? He must be, yeah. He's going to do it a weekend, isn't he? <laughs> uh, right, the Chris Solly red card. I think that's when really you felt all the, all the chance of getting back into it. Uh, so born out of frustration, that red card. I mean, a little tug on him. I, 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 my initial reaction was, well, I'm not sure, because I, I saw a second foot coming. He went with his right with his right foot. And I, I thought, I saw, from where I was, it looked like both feet had come in at the same time. Mm. Watching it back on the replay, you can say, I think, sorry, I mean, he's been pulled. And he's, he's dove in. <coughs> He's dived in out of frustration, mm. which you can understand. I mean, I, I can understand why the referee seeing that a frustrated dive in might might look a bit reckless. Um, but it, it was one footed. I don't think it was particularly over the ball as such. The, the second foot does come round, which again that that raises the question as to whether it makes it two footed. Mm. The referee didn't didn't hesitate at all in, in in whipping out the red card. I mean, straight away after Carl said he was going to appeal it, now he's come out in his press day today and said that he's changed his mind. He's not going to appeal it, mm. and he says because you never <laughs> win those appeals. I mean, sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. He's he's looked at it and said it's not worth it. So, I mean, what were your views on it, and have you seen it back and, and yeah. changed your view at all? <clears throat> Um, well, I haven't. To be honest, I haven't seen it back because I've tried to refrain from seeing any highlight from Tuesday whatsoever. But um, at the time, <coughs> excuse me. At the time, I thought it was a red. Yeah. But I, I you know, I'm, I was, you know, I'm in the North Lower, so I'm, you know, I'm not directly right near it. But at the time, I, I thought it would be, um, and it didn't surprise me. I just thought it was, like you said, it was out of frustration. Um, but yeah, I've not really seen it back, Lou, to sort mm. of say if it was or wasn't. But I've, I've I've heard a couple of people give different opinions on it, and it just proves how hard it is that at that moment in time the refs given it, and still now we're still debating whether it was a straight red or not. So, mm. but yeah, I I don't think it's worth appealing it yeah, unless it's, it's obvious. It's a free game ban now as well, which is which which yeah. will be frustrating, and we're going to miss another player. And I mean, Carl said. Uh, you could hear again. You could hear his his frustration in it. He said, "We're going to have to move Nathan Byrne back to right back now." And he sort of said in the press conference, oh, "Right midfielder playing at right back that'll be fun." So he's clearly frustrated about that. Yeah, it's frustrating. But <clears throat> when you say that, I think 
I'm not, I don't think he meant meant it intentionally. But I mean, I, if I was Nathan Byrne, I don't think I'd be too happy with that, to be honest, because no. it sounds like no. I mean, you know, that would be fun. Well, you know what I mean? It's like, well, why? You know, fun what? Because I'm not good enough, or I know he probably didn't mean it that way, but. Yeah. Um, just fact, it, you have to reshuffle, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, you've got to reshuffle. It's a squad. That's what a squad's for, and that's what you've got to you've got to live with suspensions. And then the amount our discipline record in recent times has been awful. So that's what he has to address as the manager. So. Yeah. See, I'm going to ask Carl about that because I mean, we came in and talked about the Solly challenge, and, and he said he, he said straight away he thought it should have been a yellow card. But then I, and I, I did ask, um, you know, even though you don't think tonight that's that's five red cards now since <coughs> Carl's come in, in in the space of what two and a half months. Mm. Uh, well, three or three months, I think it's coming up to now. And uh, and I said, did do you think that do you think that's an issue? And he said, he said, well, he said they're all they're all challenges. He said the Nathan Byrne one, perhaps that was too strong. But he said overall, he'd like to see more challenges mm. like that. He doesn't think it's born out of a discipline a, a mm. discipline issue, which was quite interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, there was another one, a cross as well. I didn't see it. It seemed like it was handbags, but they seem to have a big protest about. It. I don't know if you saw it. Oh, what the yellow card? Yeah, just I didn't be, really near the end of the first half. Yeah, yeah. There, there didn't seem to be much in that one. Yeah, because oh, right. it's things like that. That could go against you, and that's that's discipline. And the player mm. from you know his experience should be able to sort of be a bit of a better example. But um, yeah, I don't think I've remembered um, so many red cards for us for, in ages. Because I think actually before the game on Tuesday, I couldn't remember the last time I saw a red card at home uh, or Fleetwood. I wasn't here for Fleetwood. The last home game. <laughs> yeah, right. Fair uh, enough. Yeah. Then. Yeah, okay. Who got sent off that game? Oh, uh, Nicky, Nicky oh, Burn. Yeah. Uh, Nathan Burn. Nicky Burn in Westlife. Nathan Burn. Is Nicky Burn in Westlife? Yeah. Oh, I, don't, uh, I don't know, actually. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> you, knew, you knew better than I did. Uh, right, uh, last last chance of the game. Uh, uh, non-member of Westlife, Patrick Bauer, I think it was, saw a header cleared off the line, and that was literally the last, the last act of the game, really, and that would have been... I mean, it would have, it would have rescued a point had it gone in, maybe... Maybe it would have been scant consolation in our in our stride towards the playoffs, yeah. uh, and probably would have been undeserved overall. Probably a point in terms of I mean, if you look at it in terms of the actual chances, we probably yeah. did have the better of the chances. I can't think of Oxford having too many other than the goal and that header that went over. Yeah. Um, other than that, they didn't they didn't test the keeper too much. We right. probably had the better chances, but we didn't do enough with them. That which would have and and didn't do enough with the ball overall, which would have perhaps suggested that if we'd got away with a draw, there we might we might have. Um, being a bit lucky, yeah. I mean, if we if we got an equaliser, it would have been a robbery, no doubt. <laughs> like you said, it wasn't. <clears throat> it's not like we played them off the park or they played us off the park. It's just they were a lot. They were a better team, and I don't. They looked. They looked comfortable. Didn't yeah, they? they they were a team, and they knew they knew what to do. You know, Carl says it. Cohesive. They were cohesive. They 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 knew exactly what to do where we were weak, and they exploited it. Yeah. Got their goal. And they said, right, you've got to attack us now. You're the home team. Mm. And did we? Mm-hmm. Not really. That's almost so, almost exactly what Simon uh, says on Twitter. He says, no cohesion, no direction, <laughs> youngsters full of fire. Tony Watt moaning after five minutes on the pitch. Uh, and then he goes on to add, did I mention I think Solly should be docked a month's wages for what was a stupid challenge <laughs> for the red card? I mean, I think obviously that's a bit over the top in, in, in terms of a month's wages. But you can see, you can see that the challenge was certainly born out of frustration. <laughs> and that's, you know, we need cool heads in the team. And, and that's why you don't really expect that from from Chris yeah. Solly no yeah I mean there was a couple of people around around me who sort of because some people were clapping him off and some were saying you know what the hell are you clapping him for he's just cost us the game which they do have a point um, regardless of whether it was a red or not it's still it's, a, it's put us in a situation now where we're unlikely to get a win mm. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't dock him any a month's wages because that'll only get us 500 quid but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah no it's, it's, it was just a frustrating night all night and 
Mm. Yeah. yeah, Jeremy Black says, very poor game, but Oxford were very committed, closest down from the start, no space on the ball. Tony Watt was such a disappointment. I've had a few like that. Jonathan Avis says, overweight and disinterested players is the problem. One point from the last three tells us is we played three pony teams as well. We've got seven tough fixtures uh, coming up now. Could conceivably be eight straight defeats, one point from ten. CFC <laughs> going down, I fear. Uh, Will Bonin says, any banner suggestions from the Chat on Live listeners? Uh, tweet them to me, if you, uh, please, if you get any. So oh, if anyone, because Will, Will makes all the banners yeah, for the I protests and whatnot. So I'll retweet that if, uh, in case mm-hmm. everyone wants to. Right, now, Carl Robinson uh, did come in and speak to, to Terry after the game. On uh, he, he was in with, with us in the main press conference. For, I think it was about 12 minutes overall. So he was in with us quite a long time. So he didn't come and speak to Terry for too long. Because uh, obviously it was getting late. But you could tell, you can hear the frustration here. Carl Robinson speaking to Terry Smith. Chat on Live exclusive here after uh, Tuesday night dis- defeat at home to Oxford. John by Carl Robinson after... A disappointing evening here at home to Oxford United and, and, and Carl, I suppose disappointment is a bit of an understatement, I guess. Um, yeah, and we deserve the criticism that comes our way. And it's as, it, it's as simple as that. I mean, I suppose in all honesty, the Millwall away game is probably the the, the other game that springs to mind when you look at yeah. the games we haven't performed. I think when you look at if, you, if, you, if you're being cold about it, they score, th- we at the post after two minutes at the bar... And, and six, seven minutes later, they put one in from from one about ten yards further out. Nessa's in the bottom corner. It actually had to get hit one post and hits yeah. the other post and goes in. So, and then from then on in, Josh McGuinness's chance, Ricky's chance. We hit the post again with Stefan Mavidi. Looked exceptional tonight. I thought um, a real shining light in the in the, in the poor performance. Um, we've still got loads of us to learn. Ricky's one where it comes back and he can maybe hit a bit quicker, but Ricky's worth his socks off again today. So there's the certain the certain components of it that you can say, well, yeah, the fine margins, but collectively we know we've, we've, we're far away, we weren't good enough. Uh, sometimes being honest can also put people in a bad frame of mind. Uh, but my my collective thing is, I think obviously I know I know Kev had got seven points in the middle of me and Russell coming in here, but we almost find ourselves in a very similar position, and two different ways. So it can't always be. That even though I have to take responsibility for the results, and maybe sometimes me and the players need to stand up and be counted. There's so many fragments of what's going on and around the football club, obviously, that people feel so passionately about. But ultimately, at no stage is that going to be an excuse for the players or myself to not perform like we did today. <clears throat> and, and you don't want excuses, I know, but uh, is the whole Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday playing a part in this? Well, no, because it's Oxford are in the same boat. Yeah. So. On Saturday, Barry don't play today, so they've got to rest, obviously. But you can't use excuse when you've not played the way the way we play tonight. So, is it the off-field no. um, issues let, let, that affect the No, no. At no stage is that a problem. They they issues for the people. You're paid to play football, and paid to manage. And there's a, there's a lot of positivity around the place. And after today, we've sapped that away from people. You've got to give people hope. I don't think we're giving them much at the moment. I know the answers. 100% I know the answers. Hopefully you, you know I can't come out and say everything, but I know they are, I know the answers 100%. So it must be equally frustrating <laughs> for yourself, who, uh, who may be a little bit um, um, hands-tied in, in what you can do between now and, and the end of the season, uh, other than just trying to grind Pride. out. Yeah, but you play in the Valley... Surely that's a motivation in itself. Maybe some players can't take the truth either. Maybe. But 
what you have got, I can only say, the real good group, you work hard Monday to Friday, you, you, you've been around yeah, and been you've around seen it. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're honest. We just look, don't look as cohesive as a unit as they want them to be when they go on the pitch. Pressing ones and twos. It feels like we're doing a lot of work for little reward. And other teams are doing less work for bigger reward. And that's being cohesive and, and knowing everybody's job. Um, I may change it for Saturday and we go again. It's as simple as that. Obviously, one of those changes is going to be enforced. Uh, Chris Holly sending oh, off. I thought I said it's a booking. Uh, yeah. It's, yeah, but if Gavin's got any anything about him, he'd also it's a free kick on Chris Holly first. But I'm not going to come and use the referees for an excuse today. It's not fair on on it be kidding the fans on on the bigger problems. Indeed, man. Thanks for your honesty, Carl. No problem, uh, mate. Disappointing night, Top man. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks, Carl. Overstead now for Charlton. Non-ball forward looking for Jose. He's cut out by Townsend. It'll fall to Lookman. Good touch from Lookman on his left foot. Adamola Lookman. Oh, what a goal! goal that is. Oh, Adamola Lookman. What a belter! That's an absolute worldie from Adamola Lookman. Picks it out. It's a clearance from Townsend. Fell to Lookman on the edge of the box. Cuts in on his left foot. Goes to the goal. And finds the top corner. Top left corner. Leaf Daniels with no chance. Lookman. With an absolute stunner in the FA Cup. From the home of time, time, this is Maritime Radio. Greenwich. I don't do mine. I let my missus does it. He obviously gets bullied and lets his miss. He does it. <laughs> Charlton Live. Welcome back to Charlton Live. Me here on uh, here on Maritime Radio. That was Carl Robinson speaking. That was Andrew Cross going. Me. That's funny. It was Carl uh, Robinson speaking to tell after Tuesday's defeat against Oxford United. Darren Ellis says, "I thought we were very disappointed. I expected more from us, and we didn't seem to uh, to have any fluidity." Now Carl's talking there, and he said it to us as well in a press conference he says i know what i know what i need to fix uh and then and then someone in there asked uh, declan warrington asked him uh you know wh- wh- what is it when, when are you when are you going to be able to do it and he sort of said i can't tell you now i can't tell you now and then i noticed he, in the press day which i'm not sure if i put that in he said it's going to be in the summer so when, 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 he knows what the problem is and he knows how to fix it but he can't do it now so that you must be looking at the players and the squad then i think yeah well, it can't be anything else. I don't think he has any control of what goes upstairs. So, I, I, I think there's obviously certain uh, player or players, rather maybe, um, that he obviously doesn't doesn't um, obviously he might not like personally, or he might not like him as as a, as a footballer. I don't know, but um, or maybe there's um, there's a certain faction where it's just unrest between. And it's causing unrest between all the other players. Maybe they don't feel like they get along with this person. This is all speculation, in my opinion, obviously. But um, that's the only thing I can think it is because you can't change it. Like mm. I said, you can't change it to I the mean, summer. We, we've just had a transfer window, of <laughs> course, and there's a lot of talk about who's going to come and who's going to go. Blah 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 blah. The frustration that he showed on the with that video on the last day of the season of the uh, of the transfer window. Sorry, where he he said that he didn't get a couple of bodies he wanted. All this and that. I mean. Do you argue that it could have been it could have been fixed this in January? Um, p- players coming in, yes. Players going out, no. Because if you don't like, um, I don't know, Mr. Smith, who's a player, say for example, or Terry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, not Terry, but just a player. <laughs> you can't make someone buy him and be interested if the, if this if you know if the if the uh, if you can't find a buyer for one of your players, they're just mm. going to sit there. Which I know we you know if you think of. Say Roger Johnson. I'm not saying he's the culprit here, but you know he's not played for us now through 
obvious reasons. You can't go and make someone want to buy Roger Johnson. You've either... Well, Gillingham wanted to, actually, ironically. Uh, oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, they've either going to either have to pay up pay up Roger Johnson and Cassie's contract, which we've done for a couple of players, or you're going to ask for a fee. And even if you don't try and get a fee, if you say, I'll oh, just take him, <laughs> they've still got to agree personal terms in terms yeah. of contract and wages and agent fees and everything else. It's not just a case where you just turn up to a club and go, oh, I'll sign for you now. So there's so many like complexities in it. And I think that's probably why I think he's probably got a couple of players that he just wants to get rid of, which mm. might be causing a f- bit of a friction with mm. others, in my opinion. There we go. Right, we had a couple of emails on the, uh, on the back of Tuesday night game. Our very own Tom Wallace says, right, boys, Tuesday was as bad as it gets. On paper, good players. On paper, a good manager, but a lacklustre performance. Second to every ball, devoid of ideas. Weak cross was appalling. A classic Cheltenham under Roland performance. It's like players' emotions uh, mirrors the, mirror the fans. Some are apathetic, don't care, just don't want to be there. Others are angry, frustrated, and result in sending off some reckless challenges. It's no wonder that our best player is a loney from Arsenal under 10s. Uh, he's got no connection to the club, not involved in the ridiculous Roland Circus, and is able to play freely. Look at Conor McElhaney, how he runs the show playing for a different club. Here, he was scared to try anything. For the first time since doing this show, I really don't see any alternative to Roland Selling. Uh, despite everything that should be good on the pitch, he is a dark cloud that hovers over every single player, and until he goes, we'll keep on spiralling down. The difference between this and Charlton under power is incredible. It's hard to believe being a Charlton fan was ever that much fun. Enjoy the show, lads, and you'll see us next week. So that's uh, that's our, our very own Tom Wallin, and you know, I think I think we've talked about this before a little, uh, early on in the season when we were talking about. I think just after Russell got sacked, we're talking about you know, can, could anyone come in and change the? the momentum of this club underneath the, the toxicity of, of, of Roland de Chatelet's ownership. Yep. I think anyone. I think if I had a spare two hundred million or whatever it is <laughs> I was gonna say yeah but so you so you don't think anyone could do it under no, Roland they, no, he would have to I go just, I just is what think you're saying. As much as you know we'd all every single one of us will just want to see the club do well, I think there's so many there's things that have gone so far now that it won't change in terms of the view of, of the club it is now and, and the ownership. I mean, I mean, look at the crowd on Tuesday night. I, mean, I wrote down what the official attendance was. It was 9,000 and something. Now, obviously, the official the, the official attendance includes season 9,101, and that includes 700 Oxford fans. Mm. The official attendance includes season ticket holders who don't come. Clearly, clearly there was plenty of those because there's nowhere there's 9,000. And I think it can include comps as well if, if they give away any comps and whether they turn up or not. But there's obviously the the fact that we put out that number is not unusual for other clubs to do that I know I think Arsenal got called out for it a while ago as if it, as if they were the only ones doing it I think, a fair, I think probably all clubs probably put out their season ticket numbers as part of their attendance and then just count what else turns up I guess but yeah. um, but obviously it isn't given a true indication of just how few people are coming these days unfortunately yeah no I mean it's it was very empty it I mean, was, I'll, I'll be shocked if there was more than 6,000 no, in that yeah, ground there was no way there was that many uh, more than that but I always think back. Do you know? Do you remember that Artlepool game when we won the league and it was like Ram? Yeah, twenty. I think probably about twenty-seven. Even if 000. we were top, right? Even if we were winning this league now, and we went up this year, which you'll see as champions. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. 
like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. (laughs) I still think there would be the stadium would be quite empty still considering we've won the league still mm. I just think a lot of people are just going to stay away until they go and yeah. and I can't see the valley being maybe even three quarters full for the foreseeable future because and the question even is then if, if we were to look far into the future or whenever it is when, when Ronan finally does go is whether fans come back I think because you think they were, but yeah. but surely not within the, the same numbers that they were before. No. Before they will start going away, because some people get out of the get, yeah, out, of, get out of the routine of, yeah. of, of coming. Surely, but I think if if, if I think if it, if it changed, and then you know, let's say Roland had enough and then sold, and then we had a we had a uh, which is a, another debate altogether. Who else you'd want in? Because I know there was talk about Red Bull and stuff like that. If someone, if would people be against that, or is that people for it and stuff? So, I mean, if the right owner, if people were happy with the owner, I think a lot of people would flock back, and I think people would probably buy a season ticket that season ticket the day after. Mm. I, think, I, know, I know a lot of people that would, who are, don't have a season ticket now, but if things changed in a heartbeat, they'd just come straight back. Mm. Right, Alex Hall emails in Dear Chapman Live. It seems the same old story against Oxford. We conceded an early goal, hit the post a few times, then can't score, then get someone sent off. Normally the result is a draw, but now we're starting to turn draws into defeats. The players should be utterly ashamed of themselves. There are teams in this league who don't have a sliver of the budget we have. Just look at how well Fleetwood are doing. I think Fleetwood was a bit of an anomaly because I think they do actually have quite a wealthy yeah. uh, uh, benefactor do Fleetwood uh, I'm scratching my head to understand why we can't score goals or defend properly it's been a bizarre season headed for our worst league finish in my 21 years of supporting the club uh, I really hope KR gets the time he needs and is able to have a clear out in the summer maybe we could get Mavadidi on a season loan he is the only one who cares it seems it's, I'm so disappointed with the players and hold them responsible for this embarrassing season thanks for the efforts of the Charlton Live team we make uh, uh, an effort to, to to try and make the show fun despite the current gloom. Yeah, there's a, <laughs> there's a lot of effort as we're going to try and make yeah. it fun down here sometimes. We have to do a psych ourselves up before. Yeah. The show, yeah, we're all actually really drunk <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Uh, right, Peter Beanin says, uh, Hi guys, these days as a Charlton supporter, the only good news seems to come from the all-conquering under-18s and under-23 sides. And then he goes, Can you shed any light on the current state of the planned training ground developments yeah. or just as the Valleys or the, the Valleys under Saul Heaton? Is this another promise not delivered? Great show and keep up the work. That's from uh, Peter, who's Emsworth Addict. Thanks for your, your email, Peter. Now, I mean, the training ground, I think we're going to come onto the fans' forums meet, uh, minutes in a little while. I think they said that Phase 1 has been completed and Phase 2 is going to be... Uh, funded out of the Adamola Lutman money, £1.5 million. Pounds. But we'll come to that. I mean, obviously, that's taken ages. The, uh, the undersoil heating we talked about a, a while ago on the show when it, uh, it wasn't in a position to be utilised for the Scunthorpe game. It was mm. a little cool off, so we'll come on to that. But, yeah, so uh, I, I guess uh, we'll, we'll have a quick break now and then we'll move on to the, the fans' forum minutes because there's a few things that have come out of that and uh, we'll see you in a, f- in a few moments' time. So am I still waiting for this world to stop hating? Can't find a good reason, can't find hope to believe in. Great right, home drive, can he get across into the middle? He can. There's Cousins at the far post. Yeah! That's good to With a goal, yeah! In the 96th minute! Charlton Live. 
From the home of time. time. This is Maritime Radio. Greenwich. Some people think I'm bonkers, but I just think I'm brave. And I'm just living my life, there's nothing crazy about me. Shout and lie. Uh, you have no idea how much fun I've had, I've had with that, with that Andrew Cross little noise. It's, uh, oh, it's, should we hear it one more time? Yeah, yeah. I don't do mine. I let my missus does it. He obviously gets bullied and lets his miss. He does it. Charlton. <laughs> so you know when someone comes in drunk and that, that gives him from police academy, isn't it? <laughs> Oh, that was it. Uh, I can't remember. I remember he done the wrapping up thing. I can't remember listening. To yeah, that it's thing. right at the end. Of it. Yeah, I can't remember. I remember thinking at the end, or oh, Andrew, because he lost. He lost the challenge as well. I remember. I remember thinking. I nearly tweeted it, but decided not to. Something. Something along the lines of Andrew Cross bad at rapping and bad at banter. So he started. He started the sentence, and then towards the end, he sort of got ahead of himself, and he's like, "Who's it? Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, why didn't they just film it again? <laughs> Take two. Take two. Take two. Yeah, magic. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, the club uh, released. I think it was last night. The uh, they said they're they're going to consult fans on a restructuring uh, of the fans forum meeting. Now the the current fans forum was reconstituted in its current form in 2010 and comprises a representative of various groups, uh, regional supporters groups, disabled supporters associations, supporters trusts, uh, travel groups, and others. At the start of the season, the club made commitment to engage with fans more than ever before. Since then, uh, the club's senior management team have met with various different fans groups on, on most home match days during the season. So they, they visit uh, or a, a fan group or, you know, a, a North East Kent addicts or wherever it is or uh, supporters clubs or forums whoever it is you know no, no one is no, no one gets special treatment everyone just gets a gets a meeting like that every uh, every Saturday um these meetings have been well attended and uh, with action points notices and changes made despite this some supporters don't feel fully engaged and some supporters have raised questions about the fans forum therefore the club felt it was important to look at the current process especially with many fans representatives not attending current fans forum meetings uh, so they're basically they're talking about um, how they could reconstruct it, and and uh, in in the, in the minutes themselves, sort of Catherine, I think mentioned something about uh, how how you know the, a lot a lot of things. Or sorry, it's uh, Jack O'Sullivan who mentioned a lot of things uh, that arise in the fans forums. Also, arise in the support group meetings and target twenty k, and they want to streamline it. They feel like there's too many meetings by the looks of it now. Uh, I mean, it's just a proposal. I mean, the. I've, I'm not, not. I'm not one who's a massive stickler for you. Must have a meeting with this person, and this person, and this person, and this person. And as long as there are, there is regular communication between the, the fans and the club. Obviously, that's quite important. But I guess um, in terms of in, in terms of keeping that going, that's that's obviously an important thing. Yeah, no, they um, obviously they need to keep the dialogue going um, with the fans, which is what they've tried to do this year, um, which I didn't do previous years. Um, whether or not they, they they try and streamline it all into one. You know, one one group. Um, to it, it doesn't it doesn't really phase me as long as they, you know, they keep the dialogue. But to me, it's like w- w- as long as they give the reason why they're trying to do it and not just doing it for the sake of it. Um, mm. Because I mean, you know, these people might not be able to. Because you might have people in parts of these other groups at the moment, these other trusts and supporters, they might not be able to be part of this grand master sort of whatever it is, fans forum thing. So, um, yeah, I mean. If it, the main, like you said, the main thing is that we we're keeping the dialogue, and it's 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 accessible for all fans, not just mm. for a select few, which I think needs to be uh, at the core of it. It needs to be accessible, no matter what your age is or how long you've been involved in the club. If you've been yeah. involved in the club before, it needs to be f- sort of accessible for yeah. sure. I mean, in terms of the, the fans forum, obviously, I mean, 
I, I think the easiest way for the fans to turn around and start saying, oh, actually, I, I feel like our, our needs are being met now, is if the, the, the footballing ideals sort of became ones where we were walking away with the league title every season or at least challenging or or whatnot and fans felt that we were, were putting together a uh, a football team that's going to challenge and I, I think I think there's still a, a large proportion of fans who don't feel like that way and but um so it's for, and but obviously the, the fans forum is still there for for the smaller things and oh, no, no no this is this brings us on to the next point I, I don't it's sort of a small thing in terms of the running of the entire club, but it's not such a small thing in terms of the history of Charlton. And this is, and this is the Player of the Year dinner. Now, we were talking about this just before the show started, and, and it, there is difficulties this year in the fact that our last game, uh, the best the best day to have the Player of the Year dinner is a Sunday evening when before the May Bank holiday, so mm. the day before. And sometimes that's fallen the day after our final game of the season. Last year it, fall, it, fall, it fell the week before, but we, we still had it that day and we had the Monday off and that worked quite nicely in the evening as a nice formal event. The difficulty this year is our last our last game of the season is on that Sunday, a 12pm kickoff, uh, and the bank holiday is the next day. So in order to have it that Sunday night, it might make it slightly more difficult because people would have to travel home and whatnot. Under, understand mm-hmm. that. Uh, but I mean, the, the club have gone to put some suggestions forward for you know some, some changes to it, basically saying... Um, uh, basically, they, they want it to be in the aft- on, on the afternoon of the game. So I think from about half two to about seven p.m. So it's not an evening thing, and it's no longer really going to like a formal dinner as such. It's going to be you know, when you come on on the Sunday. Normally, you, you get, you're all dressed up. It's nice. It's sitting down on the tables. There's and it, there's, there's not that many kids there because it's a Sunday evening formal dinner. Yeah. Now they now they're talking about getting sort of all kids in uh, play area in the corner straight away after a match so half an hour after the match so it's going to be a very different vibe as well um, and the, for me I mean with the difficulties that we've mentioned now in terms of when it's going to have to be staged this year because of the bank holiday and the last game of the season and whatnot, even then I, I, mean, I really like the, <laughs> the player of the year dinner in its current format and if the organiser of it Gene and Ian who've done excellent work over the last few years organising it if, if, if they want to keep it I'm sure it should be up to them yeah it's it's difficult because um, obviously the way it's used is using that you do it in the evening and it's nice people can go home and you know get dressed up and etc etc. Et but um, the, the 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 it's but then again on the in the other on the other side you've got the players that have come to the ground played a game of football so they're going to be so if you you know they're going to either have to go drive all the way home some of which you know don't just live around here some of them live quite further afield so. So they've either got to drive far away and then come back in time, or they're just going to have to sit at the ground for a prolonged amount of time. So I can understand why the logistics of it, and it's just unfortunate that our game is on a Sunday, which mm. is a bit of a pain. But then when when do you do it? Do you, do, you can't really do it a week after, because obviously the players are going to want to go on holiday. You can't really do it a week before, because we've still got a game to go. Yeah, well, I mean, we did that last year. So, it's, 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 more, it's more the Monday after being yeah. the bank holiday, which does sort of throw a spanner into the works. I mean, mm. I, I'd still prefer to have it on a Sunday evening the but week before. I mean, as a formal dinner, because I mean... You know the, the the way the way it's worked over the last few years, it has worked very well, and mm-hmm. it is a superb event. And it's one of those things that like, ain't broke, don't fix it. And this yeah, is exactly. sort of was trying to get out the start of it, in terms of you know the fans forum. Obviously, the like I say, the the easiest thing to do for the fans to be happy is we go go and win the league title. But obviously, that's not happening this year. But in terms of the smaller things, I mean, when something's not broke. 
don't try and fix it, especially when it's something that's when when you're currently an unpopular person. Mm. Don't try and change things yeah. that people don't want changed because even even if it is maybe even if it would work better for children, which you know, mm. debatable. I mean, children do it's have to. It's gonna be a long day, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's gonna be a long, long old day. day. Children, children already have like the um the the junior reds party, and it's mm. a very different event really when there's yeah. kids running around to when it's a proper adult formal event yeah. you know don't go around changing stuff when you're already sort of public enemy number one and it's just going to make you look a bit worse probably isn't it yeah i mean you could do you could always do the kids one like you said a junior reds party you could do it you know a week before or something like that i just think a lot of i don't know maybe i'm wrong but you know if i had a kid even though as much as i'd want them there i just don't think i'd be able to relax and as enjoy it as as much as mm. if you know because they're going to be if they're in a play area you'd how many kids do we all know that are going to sit in that play area quietly and sit there and not? They're going to, you know, they're going to want to come mm. see their mum and dad and that. So, I don't know. I like yourself. I think if it's not broke, don't fix it. Yeah. But in devil's advocate, I understand the, the, in terms from the players' point of view yeah. of them going all the way home to come all the way back, and mm. but everyone's in the same boat. So, and it's once. Mm. So and it's the last game. Everyone goes off after that. So mm. I just think like, I'm with you. Just either do it that Sunday at night, like you're going to do it, or maybe you'd have to do it the week before. Yeah. Time will tell. Time will tell. Right, Daily Mail are reporting that um, Leicester have sacked Claudio Ranieri, uh, which is sad. Uh, it's always going to happen, no, but yeah. I don't agree with it, but you know. Yeah, anyway, right, on, on that bombshell, let's, uh, let's start looking ahead to Saturday's game with, uh, with Barry. Now, Carl Robinson, uh, he had a big old press day today, t- over 20 minutes long. If you, if you guys want to listen to it, you can head over to the, <laughs> Charlton, Light, the Charlton Forum, uh, because I weren't, gonna, I weren't going to, um, uh, to, uh, to play the whole thing, because that'll take up most of the show. Um, just before we start that, David Letchworth said that, um, uh, that I think he's referring to Chris Solly, said that Chris Solly was poor, just like the, the other 14 players that played on, on Tuesday night, which is uh, the, his, his opinion there. So right, anyway, Carl Robinson came to speak to uh, Tony Hudd, uh, talking to Charlton manager Carl Robinson, who said ahead of Saturday's home game with Barry. Talking to Charlton manager Carl Robinson ahead of Saturday's home game against Bury. Carl, you were forthright in your criticism of the team's performance against Oxford on Tuesday. What must the players selected for Saturday's game do that they didn't do against Oxford? Um, a lot more. Listen, they've been playing well. It's not like they haven't been playing well, but the results haven't shown that. And we had a poor performance. Um, but I'm not the type of person to accept that. Uh, the frustrations at the end of the game by the fans are quite clear and quite evident. Uh, I think the senior players in the dressing room afterwards they understood that. Um, like I think you asked the question after the game on on Tuesday, a lot of managers can't put the finger on it. I can. I know exactly what's wrong. So in some ways, it just it just lets me reconfirms. What I know, it's not about individual games, it's about how you change where we go from here. You said you put your finger on it, can you elaborate? No, no, I don't think it's fair, publicly just yet. Are you of a mind to make wholesale changes for Barry's visit on Saturday? We were going to make two or three anyway, Um, so that was always part and parcel of the games. One or two players who played a lot of football, um, and probably looked a little bit tired. Uh, and we'll make them changes that we feel that are right to get the results. Uh, maybe one or two players also deserve a chance. So it's a case of I, I need to see and I, I need to know exactly what's here. Because um, if you keep doing what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. So it's a case of 
really finding a, a way um, and integrating a system. Um, but yeah, they will make a few changes, yeah. Very hovering just above the relegation zone, under, but under their new manager, Lee Clark, they're certain to make the players battle every inch of the way on Saturday. Yeah, I've known Clarky for years now, uh, in the summer on holiday as well, he's, he's, he's a really infectious character. Uh, he always has a, a hunger and desire for the game, which is what I like. Uh, I know the players will want to play for him. Uh, well, I know a few old players of mine playing there as well, so I know they'll want to show me that they can still do it. So hopefully we can... Uh, listen, it's not a case of them. It's about us. It's about what we do and how we can take the game to them and how we can attack them. Uh, it, we just got to get it right. It's as simple as that. There's no excuses. It's just got to perform. On the other hand, three wins in 14 makes Charlton's need for points imperative now. Yeah, but like I say, that's been a state case all season. Since the beginning of the season, it's always been they've been in the mid-table. Uh, it's just not been acceptable. Um, so it's underachieving massively. And uh, it has to change. Like I say, relegation last year, middle-table this year, it has to change. You talked about underachieving after oh. the game on Tuesday. Has this surprised you? Because on paper, it's it's a very strong squad, isn't it? Um, depends on what way you look at it. So, Carl Robinson, thank you very much. Good to you, mate. Um, I think three months tomorrow, Carl, you've been in the job. Yeah. Um, can you go somewhere and describe what it's been like and assessing? Um, I've loved it. I really have. I've really enjoyed the challenge. Um, the difference is it's not just managing and picking up a team that is on the up. Um, I, I think there's, there's got to be a culture change internally. There's got to be from a, oh, that'll do last year, to draws as enough to, we have to win. Uh, and, 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 and mentality changes don't just change in a month or two or three. It, it changes over a period of time. And we have some real good players in this club, really good players, um, who have probably been Im immersed in in the culture that we have to change um, and take the shackles off them in some ways. So it's a, it's more about the psyche and the redevelopment of improving the nutrition, for instance, improving training regimes, Improving a philosophy, improving a, a culture of winning. I think Russell started that in the summer, uh, but we, between the two of us, it's we still there's still a lot to be done, a lot to be done. I think someone said to me right at the beginning, this is not a, it's not like you're just stopping and turning the car around. It's only like the oil tanker scenario where it takes a lot longer to turn and a lot harder to turn. Um, and that's got to be the case in their message. Listen, the frustrations that were evident on Tuesday, but don't think the frustrations within us weren't the same. I think I was quite honest in my assessment of that afterwards. So hopefully that the people can see that there's people who care. There's people, if you spoke to all the players, and they say from the coaching perspective and the uh, analysis that they get, it's as clear-cut and as precise as they're ever going to see, although it didn't look like a team, a unified team on Tuesday. And... Uh, I know what needs to be done. I always have known, but 
I have to wait for th certain things to change. What do you think that will take? A summer. Is it almost a case of writing this season off? No, no, not at all. Not at all. We have to keep because, as as you quite everyone quite rightly says, it's a strong squad on paper that have underachieved. I've underachieved. But the club's underachieved. So we have to be responsible for our own actions. The fans haven't played any of the games. The board haven't played any of the games. We've played the games. So we have to take responsibility for our own actions. Is it the culture of the players? Or the whole, no, I just think I just think after relegation's hard. I had that last year as well, and and, and what you find is that you find there's an there's an embroiled undercurrent sometimes because you know what's like when you're down the bottom of the championship. One win in six is accepted. When that one win comes along, you sort of celebrate it because you've not had one for a while. So it's a case of now you're down a level. One defeat in six should hurt you, if that makes sense, with the type of quality players that we've got. So there has to be a shift in mentality. And I have to upset people. <laughs> I have to. I have to make enemies to, to, to turn this around. And, I, and that is difficult because you're going to get a depreciation in performance in, it, in some aspects initially. But somebody has to do it. Somebody has to take the wrath for it and... I know the players who I want here. And you know what? There's a tremendous group. They do work hard. It's just that I want players who come to me who say they want to be here next year. And maybe we'll start finding increased performance levels then. And don't forget, over a period of time, there's been so many different types of recruitment going on. So many different types. So... We brought in one or two in, 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 the, in the window, some younger players, and we're already looking at bringing in more players in the summer. And with that, diamond conversations have started. So it's about having a common goal and a, and a consistency in that. And I think to, to, to get longevity and sustainability in that, you have to forward plan and be consistent in your forward planning um, and not dwindle away from it and not fear it. Um, but I think in the past that there's been we've only got so far and it's starting again and starting again and starting again. And the fans are great people. They they love what the club, so they see this on a on a consistent hamster wheel. And we we get up, we get down, we're up and we're down, we're up and we're down, and it's constantly like this. So we have to find a, a level and sustain that level. So if that's if that is and it's not right, if that is find ourselves right in the middle of the table and go right get rid of this 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 and this change that 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 and that and then we go again and then we go again and you have to take criticism in the midst of that you have to because it's not the the output that you want initially and there's no m person who's disappointed as the fans as me and, and some of the players who sit in the dressing room we were all disappointed we all know we've underachieved and that's not just the players it's me it's everybody so we have to put it right. It's as simple as that. And it's going to take time. And that's the excitement of the challenge, really. And that's why I came here. So there we go. Carl Robinson speaking ahead of Saturday's game with Barry talking about 
all sorts of things really talking about changing momentum of the club and there's something we were going to, I was supposed to mention before that actually which I forgot to which we all mentioned now the Roland's comments during the week when we talk about how you try and change the momentum of a club and how you try and change the mentality around the club it doesn't help when you know obviously there is unrest and, and there is fans going to go over to protest in Belgium next week <laughs> Um, uh, Roland, Roland came out in the Belgian press and described the protesters over, over 200 of them as a few hotheads who previously worked directly or indirectly for the club and who were shown the door due to their rebellious and rowdy attitude uh, they also don't like the fact that I give Chief Executive Catherine Mayer my support um, the card, the, the card spo- uh, spokesperson in reaction to the fact that the uh, the police in, or the local authorities have also greenlighted their their uh, protests for, for for next week as well, saying we're or for next month. Sorry, I've recognised our right to protest and St. Prudent. We're happy with that. Blah blah blah. And they said, uh, do Chatelet's insistence that the protests are the work of a few dismissed former staff is self-evidently ludicrous, both in terms of the numbers demonstrating against him and the diverse range of people in card, women against the regime, and in other groups involved in the St. Trudent initiative, like the Belgium Twenty. People are protesting because they're passionate about Charlton and angry at the long-term damage being done by the club under his ownership and Catherine Mayer's management. So that's, um, I mean, obviously, whenever, whenever Roland, you, you've got to feel sorry for uh, the, the PR people here at the club because they can't stop Roland opening his mouth. And whenever he does, uh, his foot is firmly placed within it. <laughs> well, um, you could feel sorry for him or you could say, well, they knew what they were getting themselves in for before they accepted the the offer of doing whatever they're doing. So, um but uh, they've obviously been working to some extent because it's been a bit. Qu- it's to be, in comparison, it's been fairly quiet up until now in terms of rumblings from uh, from upstairs. So they've obviously been doing something right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I didn't see I didn't see that that coming. He's obviously come out and said that in in light of obviously them coming going over to Belgium um, next week. It's next week, is it? Yeah, next yeah, week. Yeah, well, so, I've completely lost track of the days. It's yeah. on the. It's whenever we're playing Northampton, so it's Saturday. next Saturday, isn't it? Yeah. 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 There we so, go. Um, yeah, so I mean, it's, it's, he's obviously got in there early, but um, it'll be interesting to see what he says after. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Right, yeah, right. Anyway, um, Alison says uh, when she, she used to be part of the Target Twenty K committee, said uh, Target Twenty K were also asked her opinion on the Player of the Year last season and wanted it to continue as it is, which they would just stop trying to take it over because I remember they tried to do similar, mm-hmm. uh, similar yeah. last year as well. Now, um, looking ahead to Saturday, yep. uh, I mean, I sort of joked at the top of the show it's a relegation six point. Obviously, obviously, we're eight points above the relegation zone barrier. Uh, outside of the relegation zone on goal difference, and they're so eight points behind us. I mean, if they win, that'll be one club dragged nearer to us. I, mean, I, I don't think we're going to get dragged into that personally, but if mm. we continue playing like we are, then there'd be an outside chance that we are, I guess. Yeah, there's every possibility of anything. I mean, I, I don't think we've got a God-given right of being in this league and staying this, in this league um, unless we pick up our performances definitely going forward. Um Again, I'm with you. I don't think we'll, we'll get dragged that far deep, but it won't it won't be comfortable. I don't think that you know, and it's it's another it's an uncom it's it's uncomfortable for for this considering the squad we've got on paper. We shouldn't be in this position. So yeah, but you know, Berry coming one two of the last three drew against MK the other the the, the third game. So well, they, they've had Lee Clark is coming is um, coming quite recently now. Abiari. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, the, the, one of the most dour men in football, as we know. <laughs> but I remember, I think I remember last time we, I remember playing him. He came here with a Birmingham City side, and mm. we were. This was when we were flying on a Bob Peters, and and uh, that he came and just became very difficult to break down. And we ended up having a one-all draw, a really terrible game. And I'm just worried he's gonna he's gonna set up Berry to be very difficult to, to to beat on Saturday, and then it's going to be up to us to try and break that down. As we've seen, yeah. we struggled with with games like that this this season. Uh, again, if do you know what? If I was Lee Clark, I wouldn't even do that. I'd go go at him. Get an early goal and watch their fans crumble, and watch them get on their back and watch them not want to play. Their their, their players don't want to play in front of their own crowd because they're because they're low on confidence. Go at them. That's what I would say. If I was, I wouldn't sit behind a ball. I, if I was Lee, if I was Lee Clark, I'd say go out there and get straight at them and watch them. And then because I, I can say that's exactly what Oxford done. He, he probably if he wasn't here, someone was here on Tuesday. And if they if they took their notes, they'd just do exactly the same as Oxford. Yeah, mm. it'd be a, a, an amazing footballing side. Just getting getting Charlton's faces and then watch them panic. Mm. Because uh, like I was saying, in their last game, they won two one at Chesterfield. That included two goals in the last ten minutes, eighty yeah. and ninety plus two. So yeah. they'll, they'll be on a bit of momentum that a few days extra rest as well. Now, in terms of us, in terms of changes, just yep. quickly. Uh, when we expect we know Solly's going to be out. We know that Burn, therefore, right of Westlife's going to be right back. <laughs> I, uh, think, I think Silver will get a go. Yeah, I think the silver and Mavadidi start either side, and I've got a feeling they'll play Novak up top. Yeah, you think yeah. Josh? You think Josh might be rested? I, I, I think it will be dropped. I, and it were, even though I love Josh, I think he needs to be. I, Tuesday he was awful. He was absolutely woeful on Tuesday. I think I don't think he'd done anything. Yeah, I mean he had but, that one effort that was deflected wide, yeah, didn't he? But I yeah. mean, but you know, not saying Nob's going to bang an attribute, but if, if you play like that and you don't change your team around, then players start getting a bit complacent, saying, "Well, if I played that rubbish and I'm still in the starting eleven not saying no he's going to come in and do something different, but you've got to give people a go, otherwise what's the point in having a squad in all yeah. these games? You might as well use it. Easy for t- to forget, actually. And I've, I'd, I'd pretty much forgotten it until right now. Saturday's football for a fiver, isn't it? And uh, do, you uh, remember, do you remember back in the day when football for a fiver was coming in? And it was a massive event. And we used to do trending, we used to do trending on Twitter. And that's, that, that, that sort of momentum and that sort of feeling is just gone now, isn't it? And I, remember, I think against... Uh, the last one earlier on in the season against Rochdale, I think we got something like fourteen thousand in in as mm. our lowest ever football for a fiver. I think that 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 title might be up for grabs again on Saturday. Yeah, I remember we we done when, when was it, was it the first one we done against Exeter? Yeah, and when Gary Dockett he pulled his hamstring from running. <laughs> oh, um, but yeah, no, it, it used to be a massive event. You know, it was a Wednesday or something, wasn't it? Where we used to do the yeah, yeah, the, the, trend it in a few days before, didn't we? What yeah. else you could do instead of spending a five or something like that? And it was quite funny. And then you see us trending; it just got everyone involved. So um, I don't know what it's going to. I can't see many people being there because it's a Saturday game. I'd expect a few more than the Oxford game, um, but I'm looking at uh, above nine thousand. I don't think. Yeah, thank you, Doki. Let's have a very quick prediction. Uh, Do you understand one, the words very quick? 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one. Okay, I'm going to go for a 2-0 win to Charlton because we've run out of time. Right, this has been Charlton Live, the big match preview. Don't forget to be back on Sunday evening to look back at whatever happens on Football for a Five a Day against Barry. Nathan, thanks for joining me here in the studio. It's been a pleasure. I've been Louis Mendes. This has been Charlton Live, the big match preview. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again on Sunday evening. Charlton.